You are listening to The Wildlife. Hey there, I'm Devin Boker. I'm Courtney Downing. And I'm Richard Boker. Richard, do you remember back in the day when we talked to um, Dr. Diva Aman? Uh, anyway, it was it was all about like deep sea biology and exploration. And one of the topics we touched on was whale falls. Okay, I, I do remember, but not what's a whale fall. Okay, whale fall is basically like, well, it doesn't have to be just a, a whale fall. It's just, you know, anything that dies in the ocean, assuming it's it's big, uh, light stuff tends to like float up or whatever, and then it gets picked on by fish, but like big stuff, it's going to sink to the bottom, like way down at the bottom. And whales in particular end up serving as like a foundation for whole ecosystems. So it's just like, you know, when an animal dies in the wild on the surface and, you know, it becomes fertilizer or food for scavengers or something like that. Right, exactly. So so the whole thing got me thinking, whales and whale falls like that, that's in the deep sea. Is there anything comparable to a whale fall, you know, something that supports life for like ages and ages on land? How do you mean? Well, whales are the largest animal in the ocean. What's the largest animal on land? An elephant. Elephants, Exactly. So today on The Wildlife, we asked this question, what happens when an elephant dies? So quick refresh, uh, when a whale dies, they sink to the bottom, their, their body ends up being invaded almost immediately. And it's like sort of stages of, of life that come, uh, you know, and, and kind of like take hold, like there's, there's immediate scavengers, and then there's like bacterial colonies. And, and these things can persist for like 100 years, which is pretty much the the lifespan of a lot of whales out there. So you're talking like an extra lifespan of a whale that's that's serving to continue life, like even after death, weird, which is which is pretty cool. You know, what what's really trippy about that is a uh... You think of the ocean floor and you probably think of the strange animals there and then maybe the just interesting environment with like shipwrecks. But I, I don't think I've ever thought of, you know, what it would be like to go on one of those like science subs into the deep sea and just like see giant whale skeletons and stuff that's that's crazy have either of you ever seen like those um i think i'm gonna blank on that what it's called like the nova maybe it's not nova but they're like the deep sea submersible like live streams that they do where they're like exploring i don't think that yeah. exactly but yeah i have i've seen the like uh i don't know what you what you call them just they're subs yeah they're research subs yeah there. i'll say that I, I some of my favorites are when they like stumble upon a whale fall and it's just funny because you have like 15 scientists who are all kind of like trying to identify the different animals and things that are like on the whale but of course they're also all really nerdy and proud of it and so they're just making like whale puns the whole time they're like oh we didn't find this <laughs> on porpoise well whale whale and it's just it's so uh, cringy <laughs> it's bad that feels like every nerd i know yes um nerdy and proud but um anyway so so okay an elephant is the largest uh animal on land what about when an elephant dies and as it turns out the whole thing's kind of remarkably similar 
So let's see, I, I have some things written down. I'm gonna go through some of those little factoids. Uh, an African elephant, that's the largest of the uh, the three elephant species. So there's the Asian elephant, and then there's the African forest elephant, and then there's the African elephant, which is, it's the biggest. They can weigh seven tons, which is about 14,000 pounds, oh. uh, and they can live for about 70 years. So it's a pretty long time. Um, a lot of us are at least mildly familiar with what happens like socially when they die, like elephants mourn. Um, they, they experience loss. Like they can even experience PTSD. Uh, I don't know. We've all probably seen sad videos like that with like, you know, like a, a baby elephant that passes and the mom's prodding it. And I don't want to get too dark, but have you ever seen those? Yeah. Wait, so here's some I'm curious about when it comes to, uh, say like lions and hyenas and all that. Um, well, do okay can can lions take down an elephant i don't don't think so that's tricky it's a big yes and no um it's 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 kind of like the whole you know predators tend to go for like the smaller and the weak and the sick so it tends to be like they're not going to go after like a full-fledged like go after an elephant baby Mm -hmm. okay yeah but even then it's protected by the rest of the herd so good luck uh, yeah. It gets a little complicated. And they have to will, be pretty desperate. Will they eat? Just will they eat an elephant if they just find one that just died, like died of like age or whatever? They just like find an elephant body. We'll get to that. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> um, other members of the herd, you know, when when an elephant dies, they they do their thing. Like they'll they'll visit the remains of their companions for like <laughs> days, weeks even years after like the whole thing about like elephants never forget. They really don't like they remember they, they, there are cases of like an elephant that was separated from a companion like 40 years ago that they only ever interacted with like once or twice. And they remember that individual when they see them the next time, like remarkable memory. Really weird. Which actually brings up, uh, I feel like I should, I should touch on this. So elephant graveyards, like on lion King. Yeah. True or false? Uh, On those elephant graveyards. I want to say yes, because it just sounds stupid. Like, it just sounds so fake. But also, I mean, if they're smart and they're going to leave a big skeleton behind, I don't know. That's a tricky one, right? Well, Well, I think it also, like, depends on where, too. Like, I feel like we mm. see... The elephant graveyard in Lion King, my only source of reference that I have. And it's in this desolate part of the desert. So, Right. Well, it kind of like, I think, I think a lot of people's understanding of like an elephant graveyard probably comes from Lion King and probably like they go to some barren area to die and then they all kind of do that. As it turns out, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a mix of both true and false it's true in the sense that such groups of elephant skeletons exist, but it's not because of like an intentional, like they go there to die sort of thing. Uh, that's what people started to believe. But really what was happening was those were, those were sites of mass poachings. Where someone would come in and just like kill a whole herd. Des- decimate a herd. And so they'd come across the skeletons and assume, oh, they must all come here to die, not realizing they all died roughly the same time. 
Lion so, King is even more tragic now. I know, right? I mean, not to mention the whole, like, name your firstborn Mufasa, and then the next one just, like, garbage. <laughs> like, That's okay. the only sign of humans in Lion King, isn't it? <laughs> yep. I guess so. That's dark. That's, like, yep. really... <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's exactly where my head was. And anyway, anyway, so, okay. So when an elephant dies, the truth is that, that hordes of hungry animals arrive within minutes. And they arrive in waves. So I kind of think about it like, Ricky, you'll get this, like um, like on Halo, like Firefight. It's like waves of of different creatures that, that show up. So you've got the jackals, quite literally jackals sometimes. And then you've got the, uh, the grunts, like the insects and things like that. Um, and it's kind of like really just a matter of days before the whole thing is bone. So there's some similarity between that and whales. But it's a much quicker process. So you have just a full skeleton within like a week. Which is kind of crazy. Honestly, I'm not surprised that it goes away so much faster in the case of the elephant. Because with whales, like, yeah, there are other large creatures in the sea. But I imagine in that environment specifically that, you know, defines a whale fall, that a lot of that is just going to be, you know, smaller fish, maybe even microorganisms and stuff. Whereas, you know, an elephant dies and like a hundred hyena just show up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 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 And I just feel like, you know, you're in the deep, dark ocean and everything's so spread apart. And then on land, it's like, it's not necessarily that there's more of anything, but I don't know. It just seems to make sense. Anyway, the, the biggest things that show first are... Um, no surprise here, the vultures, they kind of work together. They, they get at the weak points. They fight for the best parts. You know, they're looking for like, I don't know how else to put this, but like the tender entry points, uh, because you know, elephant skin is thick. Like, I mean, they've, they've only got so much they can do. If you were to look closer, there's flies and beetles. They also arrive almost immediately, but we'll, we'll get to those more in a second. Uh, the vultures, they're, they're clever. So what they tend to do is like, you know, they'll, they'll get at what they can. They're great at ripping things apart. But like I said, the, the elephant skin is really, really thick, too thick for their beak. So what they'll do is they'll do their thing where they fly in circle or they'll just like wait in the nearby trees or on the ground. And they just keep watch waiting for things like lions or hyenas to open up the elephant, meaning break through that skin, reveal all of the innards. I kind of think about it uh, in, a, in a slightly less disgusting way. Of like pulling the plastic film off like a microwave dinner. Hey, it's dude, like, will you help me open this jar? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it, these things are really important. Like these these moments. It's first off, it's not that it's not often that an elephant dies, but there's so many less elephants than than there used to be. So like opportunities like this are really sparse. Um, so it's like sad for the elephant, but it's also like a really good thing for all this other wildlife. It's it's kind of like a miracle for vultures. Their, their populations have plummeted as humans have changed the, uh, the habitat, as they have poisoned them. You know, people really don't like vultures raiding uh, or, or being near their livestock. They'll intentionally put carcasses out that have poison in them um, that will help to get rid of the vultures. And there's kind of like weirdly a similar thing going on in England right now. I was just reading this article. I think it was in The, the Guardian the other day about how we were talking before we were recording about how England has such a little wildlife compared to what they used to have. And a lot of like the food availability for like local eagles and vultures comes from livestock. 
well, ever since mad cow disease, you can't leave dead livestock laying around. It has to be burned. And so really the only things for vultures to eat and eagles are roadkill, which means then that they're putting themselves in harm's way, sitting on roads to try to eat food. And then you have more of them that end up getting killed from doing that and that sort of thing. And so like there's this movement now of like building sky tables, Uh, a man by the name of, I believe, Derek Gow and Derbyshire uh, has started this of like building these like 10 foot tall tables that they put like roadkill and stuff on to try to attract like scavengers and birds of prey to like a safer spot for them to eat in hopes that they'll like return to the countryside because they're just not there anymore, which is... Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Sucks to be a vulture. (laughs) So when a big animal dies, like when when they come across an opportunity like this with an elephant, they stuff their, what is called their crops with like as much meat as they can hold because they're raising chicks like six months of the year. They put dead meat in their crocs? No, not their crocs, their crops. It's like their Keep gullet. Keep dead meat out of your crocs, everyone. Keep dead meat out I of your like crocs. I would like that to be an ad in the show. Keep that it's out of your It's a new Dr. Scholl's insert. Um, <laughs> got bunions? Use carrion. Um, oh, just like... oh, no. You guys, this isn't real advice. Don't. Ground, ground beef. Ground no, beef. No. Italian sausage. Put beans no. in your crocs. To <laughs> you can like have like national like filter out the sauce. In England, beans come out the holes. blood sausage. You gross. It just yeah, like it oozes out the crock holes. <laughs> That's gross. I'm I'm grossed out. Oozes out the crock holes. Now we have to think about that. Oozes out the crock holes. All right. Man, I hope this manages to stay in the show this week. Oh, it absolutely will. It absolutely mm-hmm. will. Uh, I feel like I'm focusing a lot on vultures, though. So, like, I just to kind of back up a little bit, we can't forget the tiny stuff, right? So, those early arriving insects, yeah, some of them are there to like eat the meat, but most of them are there to just lay eggs because that's a great place for their eggs to hatch. And then they have like a food source as they enter the world and then grow into adults, and then they can leave and repeat the same cycle. So, at some point, maggots of several kinds. Just cover the carcass. It's kind of like a squiggly, upsetting shag carpet, like like wet carpet. Now I know how maggots come to be. They they were born there, rather uh, than just... that makes more sense. Rather than just like thousands upon thousands of maggots just showing up out of the earth and then like returning directly back down into it, because that's they, how they it used always to worked in my brain. Uh, I, yeah. I just or, assumed that beneath the dirt, by like a couple inches, there's just thousands of maggots waiting for somebody else. That's why there's so many flies. I went through a phase as a kid Bond where I, my thought was that like when they would start growing up something, I would be like, oh my god, their eggs were there the whole time, and so I would I was really grossed out by like eating meat and stuff because I was like, it's full of eggs that are going to be maggots like i was just so grossed out by the whole thing um i'm happy that i have a better understanding now it's a lot less upsetting man i just live in a world where i'm just drastically upset by science (laughs) i wonder what a maggot egg looks like well it's just it looks like an egg like a little yeah like a little tiny thing it's super tiny i mean you got to think like a fly laying an egg it's not going to be a super big egg not talking ostrich eggs here Anyway, all that decomposing, it sheds nutrients, as you can imagine, and the ground underneath becomes like mega fertile. 
it's a paradise for for microbes and things. Plus, all the visiting elephants and the other critters like hyenas and lions and jackals, all that, they aren't exactly like leave no trace practitioners. They actually leave a lot of stuff in the form of poop because they're doing a lot of eating and pooping. And the elephants that are visiting there to mourn their loved ones, it's it's slightly distasteful, but when they got to go, they got to go. And, you know, the, the poop at the gravesite. And that poop acts as not only fertilizer, but also like invites several different kinds of dung beetles. And you have, uh, as we've talked about in a past episode, ones that roll the poop away for various reasons. And then ones that just bury it on the spot, which kind of perpetuates like this big circle of nutrient cycling, which is super important because if they didn't do that, all that poop would just sit there. And that's kind of gross and disgusting. Plus, they attract scientists who do all kinds of studies, and then they do things like carcass censuses, sensi censuses, which which are very important in understanding elephant populations as a whole. So even in death, elephants are givers and supporters of entire ecosystems, providing a pulse in the circle of life. Oh, the circle of life. I think the real lesson we can take away from that is to poop near your deceased loved ones. Because circle of yeah. life, poop near you know people you care about. I and I think it. I think it's just kind of like uh, it's it's green. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's, it's for a green the, thing to it's do. It's for the earth. Yeah, it's for the earth. Poop outside. It's for the earth. <laughs> Leave your loved ones' urns in the bathroom. <laughs> and I am leaving that in the episode. No one can convince me otherwise. <laughs> poop outside. It's uh, for the earth. As long as there's no police around. Otherwise, you will get cited for public indecency. Yeah, I feel like that'd be... I feel like that's a big no-no. Technically, Poop yes. In. But if you said it was for science, then maybe? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm collecting it as a... I, I'm, I'm pooping here to see how many species of dung beetles we have natively. <laughs> it's for oh, science. God. It's for work. I'm not a podcast, you see, officer. About science. It's important. It's important. What are people learning from this? Uh, that eggs science hatch inside of dead bodies. And pooping outside is good for nature. Mm-hmm. Because then you don't have to flush it and flush away one and a half to two gallons of water each yeah. time. Isn't it like a there big problem for people to leave their dog shoes? You know what? Before this episode ends, <laughs> I just have to go on a soapbox here. If you are walking your dog and your dog poops and then you scoop the poop into a bag, take the bag with you. Why is it? What? You're not. You are. You would be better well, off just leaving it like... than than putting it in a bag and then like tying it on a tree branch or like tossing it to the side. Because now you've added... I've seen it like at, at some local parks, like, oh, I just yeah. told you. And like, wh- you just added plastic to the equation. Like it didn't help anything. Nope. You just put plastic in the environment. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yes. Come on, people. It's not, Ooh. it's not that hard. You're too lazy to pick up dog. Just carry the bag with you. It's it's not that. I mean, you're bound to yeah. stumble upon a trash or can. Or and- pick up the poop with the bag. And then just yeet the poop, keep the bag, and then you've got just a glove that you'll use later on when the dog poops again. 
Yeah, just you have to remember to take it off your hand so that yeah, if you sneeze you or don't something, you don't go hands. like, Argh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to use it as a hanky. Say no to accident. poop hands. No to poop hands. Say yes okay. to pooping outside. What's happening? And on that note, <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone.